Hi and welcome to Movie Vala podcast. We are back with another bonus episode just because we can and today we are talking about Zoya Akhtar. And we are joined by our Twitter friend Anisha who actually picked the director. So welcome to our podcast Anisha. Thank you. Why did you pick Zoya Akhtar? Why did I pick Zoya Akhtar? Um well I guess for first very basic I looked at the um directors that you have discussed before on this just because we can segment and I saw that there were no female directors and I know Zoya Akhtar herself hates the whole like female director thing but I mean there was no representation so I was like let's go for it and then um she's also one filmmaker where I've actually seen her entire body of work as a director and finally i'm just a fan i think she's solid i think she brings interesting world or an interesting world view to her work i think she's really versatile um i think she's pretty sensible for the most part and she's really deliberate about the narratives that she presents so yeah i just find her to be a really cool um layered study i'm glad she picked zoya akhtar because she is one of those directors she's just done like four movies i think and All of her movies are so good that I just keep going back to watch it again and again. So, yeah, so it was just a breeze for me to record this one. I was like, "Yay, that's good." Yeah, it's not a chore to watch movies. <laughs> We'd actually been saving Zoya Akhtar for future like, you know, when we are going through a lull phase or when <laughs> we really need something exciting enough to go back to podcasting if we ever take a break. We were saving for then but you make an excellent point and we were like why are we saving? We should just yeah. do it. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm glad we're doing it now. Yeah. Anisha you said for the most part she's sensible. Which part is she not? <laughs> that's that's what I think makes her interesting, right? Is that she walks this um line between being kind of like this indie filmmaker in some aspects but then she's also really commercial and mainstream in other aspects and she does I don't want to use the word pander because that's kind of a negative connotation but she does kind of give the audience what they want sometimes with hmm. maybe a little bit of melodrama here or she kind of does go over the top in some ways um and so those elements I'm I'm trying to think of an example right now but I guess the one thing I can think of where it's kind of like you know with a dog being the narrator in Dil Dhadakne Do and she kind of ran with it a little too far in my opinion but you know um it, it so in that sense I'm like okay not like entirely sensible but so things like that I think um that that's why I say for for the most part but otherwise I think she really like she's definitely one director I trust when I go into a movie that, of hers that I see at least whether I like the um the story or not I I can trust that I'm going to get like a cohesive narrative I agree um especially with the dog part because I <laughs> felt like that was the weakest link yeah in that movie but other than that I really love the movie but yeah <laughs> I I beg to differ from both of you mm-hmm. because I I saw <laughs> Dil Dhadakne do third time this year like just this week and I watch this movie every year uh, but I find the and I'm not even a dog person okay I hate pets I hate all kinds of pets <laughs> I hate all kinds of responsibility So I'm like but I love Pluto if I were to ever have a dog it would be Pluto and I thought it was such a genius way to narrate the story from a pet's point of view which you know I have I don't think we've ever had in Hindi movies that we haven't we haven't and I think honestly when I first saw the movie and I first saw that oh my god it's a dog right it was kind of funny and and cute and I I was on board with it and then I think she just 
it was a combination of like it just happening too often and the dog was just telling us too much too much that we could already <laughs> figure out on our own just from watching the story and so i think we were just being fed the messaging of the movie by this dog narrator and i think that's what got to me Mm. Sanvi, you could be liking the dog because of Amir Khan. That's no, 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 not at all. I think the lines the dog was given because I like just right now from the top of my head, the one I can think of is like when you know uh, Farhan is by the ship and Priyanka Chopra is walking away, hmm. and you know they're like insan uh, yeah. They never talk to each other, hmm. and they always like move away, and they are the only species who have the power of uh, words in language and I, I don't know I think you know like even in Zindagi Na Mileke Dobara she used Farhan's poetry to kind of connect the moments like you know kind of underline the moment that was happening or the feeling and I think over here she used the dog's voice or dog's thoughts to underline those small links between like what was happening and what you know what as a ideal scenario, scenario you'd want the story to ha- move towards I think it, she just thinks outside the bo- I, I I guess I'm just partial or I don't know. I just <laughs> well, actually, have, uh, I I watched an interview with her um, where she somebody asked her, "Oh, you know, did you get carried away because it was Amir Khan's voice mm-hmm. and you wanted to use him?" And she's like, "No, it was the dog. I just love she's she's apparently obsessed with dogs, and so she wanted to put as much of that in because of that. I think." Yeah, I I I saw that interview too, and she said that Amir came on last. Like there was yeah, there was no Amir. Yeah. Mm. All right. So uh, let's start with like her movies. Like she started back in two thousand nine, and with luck by chance, the movie which didn't do well. Did we all like that movie, or what did we think? I love luck by chance. I think it's very underrated. Was it even a hit when it was released? No, it no, was right. Hmm. Yeah, but but I think back then. I really liked the movie and also uh, it was a time before social media. So I was like, you know, I was a snob. I was like, oh my gosh, I know it was not a hit, but I love the movie. You know, but now everyone loves the movie. But yeah, back then I really, really enjoyed the movie. And even now when I rewatch it, I think I've watched it a lot of times. Mm. I mean, rewatched it a lot of times and I still enjoy it. And I haven't found any flaws as such because, you know, when you rewatch movies, you kind of, you know, pick out all the flaws. But with this, I really haven't. I still tear up in some of the scenes and, you know, it still holds good for me. What about you, Anisha? Did you enjoy Luck by Chance? So I didn't see it actually when it first came out. I can't remember the first time I saw it. I guess it was a couple of years later. Um, I did enjoy it. Um, I think, you know, I kind of came at it a little skeptical. I'm like, she's from, she's born in this industry. She's like seen it all. Um, I think just thinking about it from a bit of an outside lens, like, I think she got away with it in a lot of ways because of who she is. Um, but as a story itself, like I thought it was really well done. I think it was done with just the right amount of, of like giving the industry a hard time, but also having a lot of affection for it. Um, mm. So that, that really like, I, I liked how she balanced those two things. Um, so yeah, I would say it was, it was a bit subtle for its time. Like I think people look at it and, and Subtle is maybe not the first thing that comes to mind, but I think in terms of what she's trying to say about the industry, it was a little bit understated. And maybe that's why it was 10 years ago. People didn't quite, you know, get on board with that so much back then. 
and I think that's why people like it so much more now because the audience has evolved and they can look back and appreciate it a bit better. But um, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, I think, you know, when it came out, I distinctly remember not liking it at all. And really? I was like, what is interesting? Yeah, and wow. I, I, and I judge myself for it. I was like, what is wrong with you? I am and judging because, you. <laughs> because now I love it. And I don't know what was, and sometimes it's just the mood you're watching in or, mm. you know, with the expectations you go in. Or maybe it could have been like I was expecting because Hrithik was there and there, he was not used the way I would have liked <laughs> to see him used. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, after, since then I've seen it like again. I see it every year, and every year I love it. And I'm and I think what I like about her work the most is the her point of view. Yeah, you know, I think she gets mm. away with a lot of things because she's very clear about her point of view, and she sticks with it. And you know, she doesn't her um, her storytelling doesn't waver midway it doesn't become a story about something else it stays the story of what she you know went on with yeah yeah i thought it took guts to just stick with that especially because like you said she is from the industry and to have such a harsh look at the industry but also you know uh, that romi rolly's character rishi kapoor i was like you know she she's giving him like all the shades of being a she he's crass but he's also endearing but he's also you know so i really liked a lot of elements so there's that one scene where i surprised myself just because for the most of the movie i was like laughing at this guy and and scoffing at him a little bit and then there's that scene where he's getting really upset because Ritik, you know kind of blows him off and won't do his movie and he's crying and i was surprised at the fact that my heart went out to him so much Mm, and um maybe you know that obviously that's partly his performance but that's also zoya's writing and direction oh yeah definitely um yeah i give her a lot of credit for pulling that out of him i think all her characters that she writes are well-rounded so even with him you know he because that is how human beings are you know they're not always bad or not always good yeah and i i feel like you know she writes all the characters that's gray and very real so even with the producer i remember the scene and yeah even for me i i was like oh my gosh you know because I could not stand him until then. But then at that scene, I was like, oh, wow. You know, there must be a lot of producers who feel the same way, you know, who were famous in 80s and 90s. And now, you know, no, everyone refuses. No one wants to take their calls or, you know, so it was kind of, uh, yeah, it was kind of very touching. And also one of the other scenes that I absolutely love about the movie is this scene with Ritik Roshan. And for everyone who listens to to this podcast knows that I'm not a big fan of Hrithik Roshan but <laughs> but this particular scene where he's in his car and there's a little I think there's a stop at the oh, red light yeah. and there are kids playing they it's just stopped and the kids come running to him and he just looks at them through the through the through the window and he's playing with the kids it's just like a 30 second scene but it's so powerful. It's great. I was expecting him to do something completely different in that scene the first time I watched. I thought he was going to be a bit of a jerk about it and, right. and ignore or whatever. But when he starts playing with them, yeah, it it's very um, like disarming in a good way. Right? Yeah. And I feel like that is the power of, you know, Zoya Akhtar. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the reason, one of the main reasons I love her. Yeah. And I just want to say that Flo keeps saying she doesn't like her depression. <laughs> But every movie, like she hadn't even seen Kalhona Ho until like last year and I made her watch it. 
And then I think there was one other movie that she hadn't seen and I made her watch it. And she's like, she keeps watching them and she keeps saying they're good. <laughs> so I'm like, why wouldn't you like Hrithik Roshan if you liked all of his work so far? Yeah, what is that for? Why? why I, I don't know. And like she said, like, I really enjoyed Kal Ho after, I don't know, I just watched it a couple of years ago, I think. Wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> Who is he in Kal Ho Sorry. Oh my god. Not Kalhona. Kahona Kahona Oh my goodness. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was like, did I just miss a whole part of that movie? <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, whatever movies I've seen of his, I really, I really like his acting. I think he's one of those effortless actors, but it's just the idea of him, I think. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I hear. Weirdly enough, I, uh, Zoya's mom wrote Kahona Pyare, no? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Honey Rani wrote, wrote that movie. <laughs> yeah. There are very different sensibilities from just if you wanted to compare that movie to what Sarah's right. done. But yeah. Wow. Interesting. I mean, I, uh, I thought like, so while we're talking about Hrithik, I would just say that I actually like how Zoya's lens, uh, portrays Hrithik. Because naturally, everybody makes him this, I don't even want to use the word Greek God, because why can't he just be Indian Indian God, you know? Why does a God has to be Greek? <laughs> but even as this really good-looking Indian male, he she makes him, like, she she shows him as an attainable good-looking guy. Like, when I see Zindagi Na Milegi Dabar, yeah. I don't feel... That, oh God, this guy, you know, you can never find this guy. And I'm like, no, you know what? I could find this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so true. She, um, because you know what? She doesn't put him on that pedestal like a lot of other, you know, she, she's not like, you know, p- training her camera to go like on his six packs and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not like that with, with her in his, uh, with him in her films. Um, and, yeah, like I think she's done that with a few actors where she'll she'll draw out parts of them or or you know not subdue but like take it down a notch with Ranveer. The only time I've seen him understated is in her movies. Well, I guess Lutera mm-hmm. was one, but like yeah, mm-hmm. generally um yeah, she's she's really good at tempering things and balancing them out and and like you said drawing out the shades of gray so that it's not just like oh this label is going to be put on this character because they're representing one thing and Mm. yeah so going back to what anisha had mentioned about zoya being someone who kind of tries to please like pander to you know sometimes she does that to please people and i think that's what she does with rithik in luck by chance when she puts him in a mesh top for one of the songs (laughs) she's like yeah take this (laughs) Uh, the way I saw it, I was like, she was probably doing that, but she was also kind of making a comment about how, you know, he would be shown in, because that, that yeah. scene is, um, seen in a movie. So I think he, that was like a slight, I don't know, like a side eye to how his mesh top was in, uh, because, Yeah, that was such a thing back in the day. These mm. guys in songs wearing these midriff showing like short top, crop top kind of things. Never got on board with that, but yeah. exactly because she does not do that to Farhan's character when he becomes an actor. You know, he, right. he gets another whole another wardrobe. So. Yeah, the, she, her treatment of songs is really interesting in her movies as well. Um, she's like a self-proclaimed fan of musicals, but if you look at the songs in her films, there's never like a out and out number that just kind of comes out of nowhere. Even something like Senorita in. Uh, you know, Zindagi, mm. it's, it seems to go with the flow. Like, sure, it's a random thing that happens during their vacation, but it, it doesn't feel like it's so out of place. 
I, I agree. Yeah, they're having a good time and it goes with the story and it goes, yeah. And it shows that, you know, right now they start, their uh, trip started with little tense moments and they were not having. And now they've reached a point where they're on board with each other's quirks and they're back to being how they were. And now they're just having fun. Yeah, yeah. she's really good at placing it within the world of the story rather than like taking us out of it. So Right. Yeah. And same with like, I really like that song in Dil Dharakne Do, the, you know, the... Punjabi number, I can't uh, recall duck, it. Duck, 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 duck. <laughs> the party one, yeah. I don't know the number of times I see it. It's one of those songs that I've not gotten bored of. And the choreography, and I know it was taken in whole one shot and, you know, no breaks. And that, I think that's one of the fascinating things. Because ever since I learned that, I'm like, I'm continuously looking at how is everybody moving? This is fascinating. It's like, it's genius. Yeah. yeah. And also, there's this other song in Dil Dharakte though, between uh, Ranveer and uh, Anushka, when she's practicing in her studio alone, and then he... He goes mm-hmm. in and, you know, there's this catchy number. Oh, my gosh. That is so Zoya Akhtar and I love it. And it's so, um, like you had mentioned, it just doesn't take you out of the movie, but it's just part of the movie. Yeah, that's fun. I can't Great remember songs. the name. I know the music, but I'm not going to sing. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, please do it. <laughs> if I didn't have a cold, I would. You know, I, that's one thing. There hasn't been an episode where I haven't sung in my really bad voice. <laughs> I could say something horribly mean right now about... Please, go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't want to go for it. That's like half the time when Farhan Akhtar sings, it sounds like he has a cold anyway, so go yes, for it. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is so true. Oh, that reminds me, I wanted to mention, like, there was um, uh, the... Ori- Do we know the original casting for Zindagi Na Milegi Dobara? Does everybody know? No. Original meaning, all I know is that Farhan was kind of like... He was supposed to play anything that Vitik didn't want to play, but that's all I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no. So original. I mean, I I wouldn't say original casting. I guess the first picks of uh, um, Zoya, the Pr- Priyanka's role was offered to Karina. Uh, Anushka's role was given to Katrina, and Ranveer's role was to Ranbir, and Farhan's role was for Hrithik. Oh wow. And I think Ranbir was the first one who pulled out because he had dates issues. And once Ranbir pu- pulled out, Karina pulled out because her reason for doing the movie was just because she wanted to play brother sister with her real like brother, cousin brother. And uh, apparently her issue was also like uh, that there are so many characters that the focus won't be on her. <laughs> so she was like, there are too many people in this movie. And then I guess eventually everybody pulled out. But I would have really liked to see Hrithik do the Farhan's. Character. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I feel like he would have been a great fit for that role. He would have been a great fit. I'm kind of glad everybody else pulled out, though, because I really thought the casting worked here. Mm. Oh, it was so good. And like how you said that she pulls out. I think this is one of, you know, understated Priyanka's performance yeah. as well. Like she gets the nuances of Aisha to the T. Totally. And there's so many other levels that it plays well as well because, you know, they're trying to show this. Uh, she's Okay, another thing we can discuss is like how all her movies are making a comment on society without really, you know, hammering it on your head. Mm-hmm. And Priyanka is a good casting because they're talking about female and, you know, she's a little darker. She's not like conventionally beautiful. So all of those things with Karina, none of that would have happened. That's so true. Karina would have, I think, taken us out of the story because of just her glam quotient. I feel like sometimes even in her other movies, I can't quite... 
unpopular opinion, I can't quite buy into a lot of her characters because I feel like there's still so much Karina, like movie star in it. Mm-hmm. That that I I'm I'm I've just never been able to really see her for her character in its entirety. But yeah, continue, Ms. Priyanka. Yeah, I, I she has a knack for make. I I think she really does pick the right people, even when the her initial picks pull out. I think it just works in her favor. They're just like blessing in disguise because I don't think I can't say for anybody that this was a wrong casting. Like even for luck by chance, I think she wanted. Tabu to play the role which uh, Konkuna played. No way. Yeah, that would not have worked. Yeah, and Tabu wanted some changes, which... So one thing Zoya is very, like, strict on is, like, she does not change her story for anyone, which I'm so glad that she does mm. that. Yeah. And Tabu pulled out. So I was like, I'm actually happy that Tabu pulled out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just can't see that at all. <laughs> I thought I'll never say something like this, but yeah, I'm glad she did not do this movie. <laughs> And like think about even like um in Dildhadakne though like Shefali Shah, who I hope that she was an original choice, but even if she wasn't, just that pairing of her and Anil Kapoor and just like the the chemistry with them, um, and the way that Shefali I don't think anybody could have made that character of the mother. Again, another one who, you know, you kind of don't like her very much. She's she's not that great of a parent to Priyanka she's very much you know um favorable with Ranveer's character and then there's that scene where you know everybody knows the scene where she's eating that chocolate cake by herself and like you just want to weep for her you know yeah and also that scene is one of the scenes that always stand out to me because I feel like you know we um, as an industry you know we have not even like ventured towards that issue of women having, you know, issues in their life and they kind of translate that into food. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've ever spoken about it, right? So I mm-hmm. think that was one of the, I don't know, maybe path-breaking. <laughs> I could be wrong, but, you know, it was one of those path-breaking scenes in the Hindi movies or in any Indian movie, I think. Yeah, which is why it's it's mildly irritating when people say things like, oh, Zoya just makes movies for, you know, the elite or, like, it's all rich people problems. Like, sure, it's within the setting of a rich family. Mm-hmm. Um but I've never really bought into that whole point of view because she's really tapping into emotions that a lot of people, no matter what, would feel. Um, and then just looking at her films too, like half of her films are not about, you know, the elite strata. So Yeah. Yeah, and what does that even mean? Like, I know she says that as well. Like, what does that even mean? Like, if I'm watching Shakespeare, I, of course that world is nothing to do with my world. I mean... You're watching the story. I don't get that. I mean, and in Indian, especially in Indian critics or whatever, like one person will say something and then everybody will like just run with it. And then you see that line posted everywhere without context or without anybody even actually given second thought to it. So for me, it's like, you know, just someone will say something, it will stick because it sounds controversial or it sounds something like a quick clickbait. So I think it was one of those things where somebody said it and then, Every other person started saying it. Yeah. 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 But to answer, um, uh, Madhuri Dixit was her first choice, actually, for that course. Oh, right. And once Madhuri said no, she went to Juhi, she went to Sridevi, she went to all of those, like, you know, 40 plus actresses who were still working. And every single person said no. Wow. I did not know that. But Shifali, I I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like after this casting, I think she, she got almost like a second chance at, you know, because she's a really good actress. Um, 
I could be wrong. Did she even do any other movies that were like that kind of stood out for her Aside after Monsoon? Monsoon Wedding? Yeah, I mean, she was in Satya Monsoon Wedding. She was in Vak, the one with her husband. Like with she was playing Amitabh Bachchan's wife for God's sake, and Priyanka Chopra's mother-in-law in that. That was like I don't know, twenty years ago. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like after this, I think the whole industry kind of woke up to her a bit. Yeah, yeah. Where was she? <laughs> Even right now, it's not like she's doing a lot of work. She's just done some small movies in that uh, one Netflix show. But she's always been picky. She, you know, I guess everybody decided like they, you realize that this is all you're gonna get because you look a certain way, then you're automatically a mother from the age of twenty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. So we haven't actually spoken about Gully Boy at all, and it came out this year. Okay. I was just telling Tanvi that I have not rewatched it. I just huh? watched it when it came Sorry. out. Yeah. I did not rewatch it for the podcast, and I don't think I'll ever rewatch the movie. Not to say that, not to take away from the movie, because I really, really enjoyed it when I watched it on screen uh, when it came out. But it's just one of those movies that I may not rewatch ever. It could be just me. What do you guys think? I actually so I thought the same when I first watched it. I was like, mm, that was amazing. Like loved it. Wanted to scream and cheer and clap at the end and tell everybody else to watch it. And but I don't think I'll see it again. And then I saw it this past week for this. Um and how was it? It was still a really good watch on the second uh on the second time as well. Okay. Okay, so maybe I will try watching it. I don't know. <laughs> so I saw it three times because the first time I went and watched it by myself at the theater, and then when it was on Amazon, I made my husband watch it, and then now I watched it for the podcast. And I've liked it all three times. I haven't ever like all three times. I've been like, oh my god, it's so good. But the only difference I found between Gully Boy and Zoya's other three movies is that in this. In this story, she doesn't use humor at all. Like the other three movies, you know, she's making these hard-hitting points, but there is always this, you know, humor or there's this, you know, not in your face, but you still laugh at, you know, the uh, the way the friends are interacting with each other in Zindagi, or you know, Ranveer and uh, Farhan they have their natural flair uh, of a character which kind of comes across as funny. Gully Boy is really, really. Just one single tone of storytelling, which is fine. Like I, I didn't have a problem with it. It's just I, because I was watching all four movies back to back. It was suddenly like, oh, there's nothing, no funny moments in this movie. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, compared to her other movies, there's a serious like lack of of lightheartedness and humor in this one. But I would say that like for me, a lot of Alia scenes made me laugh quite a bit. Um, whether it was like when she was. Being a you know the arranged marriage people were coming to see her and she told the auntie that you know oh I can't cook but if everything goes well like I can do your liver tra- kidney transplant something like that um, or when that dope doing line or any of that I think I I would look to Alia's scenes for a bit of of levity um, even though maybe they weren't intentionally supposed to be like that I'm not sure yeah no I I think I laughed the first time definitely on Alia's scene but the other two times I was just like I I was smiling because I knew the girl has spunk but I I think that's where it ended it wasn't like ha ha funny you know like uh, it was funny it was just sarcastically when you can't believe someone said something and you're like oh my god did she just say that yeah there is no yeah. like silliness that's, that's yeah. for sure yeah yeah i think the setting of the movie itself i think maybe it leaves no room like you know just the setting itself did not allow for any kind of humor 
Could it also be because like this is one movie that was based on? Of course, it was not a um, like a biographical movie, but it was based on real life stories of these two, of uh, uh, these couple of guys. You know, so I, I don't know if she was taking that more seriously or or what. And it's not a criticism in any way. I was just making an observation. It was just like when you're watching four movies of one same person. There were so many similar, yeah. There were so many similarities, and now you can tell like she has a she has a way of telling her stories. There is, you, I can't like put a finger on what it is, but I can tell this is a Zoya the film now. Like you know, just by the whole tonality of the film. But Gully Boy does stand out differently from her other work. I think what. When you talk about like, there's a distinctive style that she has. That's kind of like a Zoya Akhtar stamp. That's kind of what I've been thinking about, and I've also read where uh, I think people don't mean this in a complimentary way, but I'm I'm not sure how to take it. Where they say that she's kind of trying to fit the grammar or the tone of an English or Westernized movie into one that still wants to fit into the realm of Hindi commercial Hindi cinema. Um, and I'm I'm trying to figure out like where I stand with that. I, I don't know if I would agree, um, or maybe I do agree, but I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. I know that she does write all her movies in English first, um, and so maybe you know coming from that perspective, that, then to translate that into a Hindi cinema landscape is a bit tricky. Uh, are you specifically talking about Gully Boy or all of it? Really, I think mm. it maybe was the most obvious in something like. Her, you know, the the zindagi and dil dharakne do. Um, probably zindagi more so than anything else. But I do feel like she's she brings a certain. She's got so much influence um, from from movies that are not from India, that she obviously that kind of plays into the work that she does, and so maybe that doesn't quite. You know, I think that it works as both a blessing and a curse. Like it's she's she's subtle in a way that may not work for. Um, an audience that kind of wants a more overt style. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that subtlety really does work when you want like shades of gray and, and all that more like a layered portrayal. So I'm, I I don't really know, but that's, I think where that whole like distinctive style comes from is that she's bringing a lot of non-Indian influences cinematically to what, to an Indian story. And I think you're absolutely right about that because I do remember uh, seeing an interview of hers where she said the reason she never went to a film school was because she knew that she was never gonna, she never wanted to move out or make uh, English movies or any other movies. And she knew she couldn't make Hindi movies because they didn't match her sensibilities, at least in the 80s and 90s, until she saw Salam Bombay. So she's like, once she saw Salam Bombay is when she realized that you could actually tell a story another way. And and I think she went and did an A, she was an assistant director to Meera Nair on Kama Sutra. Um, and then uh, she said that she had, she for the like first 10 years of her career, she was just an AD to different directors across the board from, you know, Dave Benegal to uh, small directors to documentary directors and any project that came from Hollywood, she would AD on that. Like she was, you know, doing that. So clearly, you know, she had that um, influence and Western sensibilities. Western sensibilities yeah. and but she also wanted to be in India and make Indian movies. So, but I think she's cracked the code, at least for yes. people like yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Because I want entertainment. I want my music. And I want 
all of this, but I also want to see story. Like I want to see a story. It doesn't even have to be a realistic story. It can be told from a point of view of Pluto. (laughs) (laughs) Both of you are so right, because that's exactly how I feel about Zoya Akhtar. And I really, I'm so glad that she exists, to be very honest, because for me, there was always this huge gap, not, not a big gap, but a little bit of gap where I would just reach out to move, you know, Hollywood movies when I want, because I love watching movies on dysfunctional families. Uh, so which I would, I never got a chance to watch in Hindi or in Tamil, you know, which is my other language that I speak. Uh, so I would always reach out to Hollywood movies to watch dysfunctional, you know, family movies, but Zoya Akhtar, oh my God, she does dysfunctional families like no one else does. And I love it because it's obviously I'm Indian and I can relate so much more when it's made in, you know, when it's an Indian movie. So yeah, you're right. So I'm glad that she has this Western sensibility that she brings into, you know, Hindi cinema. And I just absolutely love it. And that's, yeah. And that's one of the main reasons I love her. And I'm so glad she exists. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She should hear this podcast. <laughs> she should, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, but I think like you know, ever since I've been seeing like that, she was inspired by Mira Nayas, and I feel like maybe Gully Boy is kind of like you know, uh, kind of giving a nod to her mentor or something. I mean, it's no way similar, but it's if I were to club them in a similar world, they would fall under the similar world kind of, but more mainstream, of course. But I feel like. Her Mira Nair thing comes into Gully Boy somewhere yeah. from Salam Bombay. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love the fact that she kind of brings in a little, like Tanvi, you had mentioned that, you know, she, she brings in a little bit of social commentary, but then it's not too obvious in the face kind of thing. And she does that in Gully Boy as well. And that scene stands out when, you know, it's, um, I think there is a tour guide who is kind of taking, uh, some tourists around the slums and, you know, he is just, um, do you guys remember that scene where? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, it's just like a two-minute scene, but and it's not in your face, uh, but it's a, it's so subtle, but it still makes such a such an amazing point, you know. So yeah, even when they're um, this might be a little bit more in your face, but when when uh, Ranveer's um character is going in the middle of the night with Kalki's character, and I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, go <laughs> on. Like, that was that was I was like watching that I'm like okay who really does that but at the same time it was it was fun it was yeah you know you know what but I guess somebody does that because I have gone to Mumbai and seen all of these disfigured posters where things are written so somebody does that at I some know. point <laughs> yeah and also uh, one other scene that I actually love about Gully Boy is the uh, is you know when he's a driver and he's driving this family uh who actually belong to the universe that Zoya Akhtar is famous for, according to people in India, you know, critics in India, the rich people of India. So there's this really nice mishmash of this life where he's the driver and, you know, the other family, which is so, I kind of thought it was a good crossover. I was like, oh, I know what you're doing here. (laughs) Oh, and did you know that the voice of the dad in that car is... uh... Rahul Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Gully Boy had a lot of moments. I feel like there are like these small, small nuggets like thrown throughout the movie where you can like, you know, whether it is a, her, her, his love with, not love, like that small relationship with even Sky. And just, you know, she, she stands for something else, but she's, you know, she makes a comment about how artists are artists and, you know, what do, what does she care? 
or even when she he measures the bathroom with the house that and even when the other scene where the girl is crying and he wants to console her but you know he can't and that song to me was like that's where like zoya caught me off guard because when i had heard that song before the movie i was like this sounds like a heartbreak song or duri or something like that mm. and then it was actually about completely something else i was like okay she thinks outside the box she does I am. she does yeah she's mentioned this herself that you know a director has to have a a point of view like they have to have something that they want to say through their story and stick to that and everything else just falls into place as long as you have a point of view um so yeah that that comes across super clear and i'm glad that she just stands up for what she believes in and she doesn't back down because i know one of the interviews she had mentioned about luck by chance and uh, this was the first movie so not a lot of people really wanted to like produce it or you know back her but she just said that i'm not going to change anything about it i'm just going to just go for it and make it and uh, yeah and she does that same thing with i mean we haven't really talked about it and it's not a movie but even made in heaven uh, mm. yeah it's it's pretty like she gets in there with some of the stuff that she wants to say you know and it's kind of gutsy and it could be the platform that she was given obviously it's not a, a theatrical thing so maybe there was a bit more freedom there to do that but either way like she went for it you know so and how do we feel about like because both brother and sister are directors uh so mm-hmm. how do we feel about Farhan as a director versus Zoya as a director I I really think Zoya directed Dilshad <laughs> <laughs> No I'm just kidding I I I don't know but it would be really interesting to listen into their conversations when they have them I can't remember the, the last film I saw that Farhan directed Dawn Dawn 2 I have not seen that Yeah. Oh, you're not missing anything. It's not a problem. <laughs> Noted. Okay. Yeah, I think he's he's moved away from it a little bit, hasn't he? So Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And the 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 surprising thing is they actually they both were writing their first movies at the same time. Like they were simultaneously writing it and it just so happened that Farhan was able to cast Dilshatay and Zoya wasn't able to cast Luck by Chance until 2009. That's right. But they they both wrote the, uh, their first movies together and i was like and can we talk about dimple just because he she is in yes. both of their first movies <laughs> oh my god that's right i completely forgot about and that. i was i was like is i mean they have never spoken about it except they both keep saying like oh she's a goddess and she's excellent but i'm like what made these two guys like both of them zoya and farhan like okay we're going to pick dimple for this character i was like this is so like i don't know i want to know what, how do they even think of like among so many people this person comes into their mind like oh this is the person who's going to be casted here because again i think they just grew up around all that right like so she's not as far off their radar as she would be for maybe another filmmaker because she was probably like again in the in this i mean they call these people like rishi uncle and whatever. right so, <laughs> so it's it's really just kind of like she's right there and and if you think of an older woman who uh for for Dilchata you know she was an older woman who was supposed to be very like attractive and and endearing and appealing maybe she was just kind of she she's been on their minds as somebody and she's so accessible to them so why not i was actually surprised that she played the role of the mother in luck by chance because from whatever twinkle talks about her it sounds like she was that mother in real life as well that might be some of it that might be why the casting worked 
Twinkle is always saying that how her mother wanted her to lose weight and always wanted her to look proper. And, you know, I was like, so firstly, I can't see Dimple being like that. But if Twinkle is saying it, then she must be. And then I was like, and then she went ahead and did that role, which is exactly making fun of that mother. So that brings me to just one other thing I wanted to talk about, like how uh, Zoya portrays parents and kids, the relationship of parents and kids. I find that fascinating. Does any of you find that fascinating? Yeah, I think generally, I think Zoya does relationships so well. So I think every movie of hers, it has, it explores a lot of different relationships. But yeah, so that when I said dysfunctional families, that is one of the equations that I absolutely love about dysfunctional families. You know, the relationship between parents and kids. Um, so yeah, it's one of her strengths. And it's based on so much observation you talk about, or like you listen to her talk about her, such an artsy fartsy word, but her process. <laughs> um, and, and, and just like how she goes about gathering information for her characters. And it's all based on what she herself has firsthand, um, either experienced or seen. Um, and so I think that makes for really authentic uh, portrayals of the relationships. Right. I think even for Made in Heaven, that's what she said. She said, "All uh, when I need content uh, for rich people, she says she always goes to Delhi, <laughs> <laughs> to Delhi weddings. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, you just sit there, observe them and listen to them and, you know, you have content. <laughs> so Which I is think- really <laughs> scary. I have not spent a whole lot of time in Delhi, but I'm like, oh my God, if that is what that particular segment of society is like, that's terrifying. And funny. <laughs> and, yeah, hilarious if you're just a spectator. Right, but imagine yeah. being part of that. Like, I would not survive in that, you know? That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. I found it fascinating because I find, like, the way she shows parents, of course, they're overbearing. They're like, you know, Indian parents can't, like, give their kids a space. But she's explored all different kinds of parents within her four movies. And, and also from different economic level in Strata, right? In Gully Boy itself, we have that. I really like the relationship between Deepti Naval and Farhan Akhtar. We just had like two scenes in Zindagi Na Mileki Dobara. But those two scenes itself was like so, so warm and nice. And then to put Nasiruddin Shah as an asshole of a dad. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> and I think even... Aside, like those two were, were small roles and they served a really, I guess with Nasir then especially, it served a really specific purpose. But she also with her um, the parent-child relationships, it's not just that, oh, parents are overbearing and that's it. Like you see what's going on behind um, Shefali Shah's character. Like you see what she's going through internally. In in Gully Boy, you see what um, Vijay Raz's character has gone through. Like she gives them kind of, she fleshes them out too, you know, so you're not automatically pegging them as, oh, just like the mean parent who doesn't get it. Yeah, I think the the one relationship, I think I really, uh, I don't know, I can't say relate to it, but it really speaks to me is like uh, Shefali Shah and Ranveer Singh. Because in the beginning, you know, they're all like, so she naturally dotes over him and is so partial towards him. But when they have that whole like breakdown scene in the <laughs> room, <laughs> that was the best scene. <laughs> I was, that is so good. And even now, like, I can hear Shefali's voice in my ears. Like, kya baat karni hai tumko? Ab kya hai bolne ke? <laughs> I actually watched that movie last night. And w- that scene went by and I just had to pause it for a second after that. I was like, that was a fantastic scene. Like, everything about that scene was perfect. <laughs> it is so good because I mean, the moment Ranveer's like, is family mein koi baat karta hai? Nye, sab upar, upar se baat karta hai. 
and you know i could see myself being till that point right like as a person who i am i will go in till that point is like why don't we talk hum usko baat kare karte wo and then if my mom came back and said kya baat karni hai tumko and then and then i think i will just shut up after that because i'll be like oh shit now what do i do yeah, right <laughs> but the fact that he actually and you know the another scene like it's a continuation of that and he's like tum nikal jao yahan se he's like main to nahi jaunga and he takes the chair and sits puts it down yeah puts it down i mean those are these small things that i just stayed with me and i'm like making mental notes like next time i have a showdown with my parents i'm going to do it goes on right he drops the bomb so he's like i'm in love with farah and she's a dancer and she's muslim like and then he pulls up the chairs and sits down and he's like now what what are you going to say you know is that's a golden scene <laughs> yeah if i had to pick one scene from all of zoya's movies i think that's my my most cathartic scene i feel like <laughs> this is my life if i could speak up ever all right i think i think we love her we haven't said anything <laughs> even though anisha said for the most part i think other than that <laughs> we have not said anything negative about zoya and also one shout out to uh, luck by chance credits the opening credits i think mm-hmm. i texted you thanvi when we, i was watching the movie i was like this the opening credits i don't know it just makes me tear up so much <laughs> tear up why yeah i don't know i think it's more to do with you know it's all these people who are never seen or never heard of mm. you know because hindi movie industry is so big and everyone just knows these handful of people and their faces and there are all these other faces that we don't even see and you know we have no idea who are, who you know i don't know it's just behind the scenes people just the faces it just makes me tear up in a good way not not sad tears but you know like a happy just nice they're just doing their job you know For sure. in this it- land of dreams yeah and it really just does remind you like how much we love this industry for all its annoying you exactly. know flaws and <laughs> mm. and unfair elements of it and over the top things like we're we're total suckers for it oh yeah we yeah. are yeah it's a, so i feel like it's such a beautiful ode to this yeah you know yeah. to this amazing industry and and everybody should know that uh, flo doesn't even cry on like when people die in the movies so. oh, no yeah. yeah 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 in hindi movies like in indian movies i don't know it takes a lot for me to cry, cry. while watching okay. indian movies yeah but yeah and i'll cry at anything i'll cry <laughs> I'll cry at anything. It's like you guys make the perfect podcast pair. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, last question from both of you. Uh, first, Anisha, if somebody hasn't seen any of Zoya's movies, which is that one movie they should watch? Oh God! Don't do this to me. Oh, I oh, I hate this question. Even though there's okay, four start to with. From. I would okay. Start with start with. Mm, start with Zindagi, I think. Okay. Do you want to mm. rate rate them? What should no, be the next? I have never been, <laughs> even even when I did my um when I used to to write reviews and stuff, I used to not like put any kind of star rating because that's just too hard. Oh no no, I didn't mean rate them, but I just meant like what should be the next movie they should oh, watch. Okay. So. Um. So Zindagi, um, Gully Boy, uh, Dil Dhadakne Do, and then Luck by Chance purely because. I think like by chance you have to have a bit of an understanding of how the industry works in order to really appreciate that movie. Right. So, yeah. Fair enough. All right, what about you Flo? Okay. So I have two things. So one is uh, for Indians and the second one would be for Oh my god. <laughs> 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 yes. 
Just now. <laughs> if, if there is something simple and you want to make it complicated, you have to give it to Flo. Gemini, come on. <laughs> okay, but Anisha is Gemini too. Oh, you really? are? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. nice. But I never, I was telling Tanvi, I'm like, I am just like the worst Gemini ever because I can't fit into any of the descriptions. Anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I'm more Gemini than any Gemini could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So for any, um, for Indians, it would be, First would be luck by chance, and then dil dharakne do, and then third would be zindagi, and fourth would be gully boy for Indians. Yeah, because I think, yeah, Indians, because like you were saying, Anisha, I think they have a, they kind of understand Bollywood, so I think luck by chance would be a good movie for them to watch. And for non-Indians, it would be zindagi first, and then dil dharakne do, and then would be uh, gully boy, and then luck by chance. Yeah, I think that is the same order that you had as well, I think. Okay, but uh, my order would be to first watch Dil Dharakne Do because I love that movie. Second is Zindagi Na Milegi Dobara because I love Hrithik. And then third is Gully Boy and fourth is Luck by Chance. Do you feel like Gully Boy deserves the uh, Oscar not nomination no. yet? But no, no. no. Purely because I think there are a lot of other movies in India, like not just Hindi, that that are more creative out of the box and would make more sense to be sent to. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Anisha? Yeah, no, totally agree with it. I really like the movie, so I'll be rooting for it no matter what, but it's not the best choice. It's a smart, I, I, I think I tweeted about this. I think it's a smart choice, um, strategically, but, uh, in terms of actual, like, quality and deserving, I, I don't know. I don't think that that's quite. You know, but do you think it's a smart choice with, like, it being so similar to Eight Mile? Like, everybody here would have seen it. They would just think that this is just another, like, country's Another Eight of... Mile? Yeah. Uh, that could be it, but I don't know. I feel like the fact that it's, like, Indian hip hop rap scene that people never expected. It's it's honestly like this sounds so bad, but it's giving them what they want in a way. Like, oh look, it's like exotic and at the same time it's like relatable enough and, and so yeah. Look, they're poor but they rise up. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that they love a good underdog story and feeling like yeah, that's Alright. Okay, I guess we can wrap it up now. We love Zoya and you have our both all of our recommendations so if you haven't seen her movies you are missing out and where can they find you Anisha? Uh, these days mostly on Twitter I'm at uh, J-H-A-V-A-N-I-S uh, is my name and yeah find me there I'm usually tweeting something useless or the other <laughs> she's a lot of fun you should follow her there and you can find us on Twitter at MovieWalaPod and Instagram at MovieWalaPodcast. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you for joining us, Anisha. Thank you so much. This was super fun. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye.